At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. What up? We got a good show for you today here on The Edge. Coming up in 30 minutes, Wes Reynolds, VSN host, Long Shots, Green Zone host, Cigarette Smoker. He's going to be with us to discuss everything this weekend. <laughs> uh, actually, it's not a, a weekend tournament for the most part, right? Tournament this weekend in golf actually begins on Wednesday. NFL pushes aside the PGA for a day on Sunday. Yeah, we moved West up a day because the uh, Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines tees off on Wednesday instead of Thursday, and that's so it does not conflict with the NFL playoff schedule on Sunday. Believe it or not, Jim Nance is going to call the golf tournament from either his hotel room or some really? undisclosed site in Kansas City where he's calling the AFC title game. Really? Yeah. He's going to call the golf tournament in San Diego from I mean, KC. The voice of golf, Jim why not, Nance. Uh, why not pull the Joe Buck? Why not actually go there and then just get on a plane? Lazy. Uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I mean, right. that just seems like unprofessional to me, but that's fine. Joe Buck would have done it. Joe Buck's my guy. Gets unnecessary hate. I don't know why we're going on this. Actually, I think Joe Buck does a decent job. I know a lot of people uh, bash him on Twitter of that Fox team talking about Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and And his bloodshot eyes. And uh, what's her name? The sideline reporter. Oh, Aaron Andrews. Aaron Andrews. Joe Buck's the best of the three. I would agree. Although I've always said that a monkey could do a play-by-play job and I'd still watch the game because it's the game that I'm there for. It is. That's true. And uh, Jim Nance does a great job on golf and football. I thought that I watched the replay last night again of uh, Bill's Chiefs and uh, uh, talked about a fired-up broadcast crew. But uh, one of the thrills in broadcasting, I'm sure, and Brent Musburger would say the thing is is getting to call a classic game like that, which is just one improbable uh, play after another. And uh, that's one of the all-time classics, if not the best NFL playoff game ever. Well, we're going to see, we're going to hear Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Aaron Andrews this weekend for the NFC Championship game, of course. That is the late game, 3.30 p.m. Pacific time kick between the 49ers and the Rams. And uh, we have news on this game. And this is something we talked about in opening lines. You kind of saw the writing on the wall. It was eventually going to head in this direction. Uh, But here at the South Point Hotel and Casino, Matt Humans, a spot that does not alter the juice. So you're looking at minus 110 here. The Rams are a three-point favorite with a total of 46, and probably because, as Jimmy Vaccaro tweeted out, getting some heavy action on the San Francisco 49ers uh, earlier today. Took a $220,000 wager on the 49ers, plus 3.5 at minus 110 here at the South Point. And that was the second major wager on this game. So today, the uh, 220 k bet on the Rams, the first bet that came in yesterday on this game, or excuse me, the uh, 220 k bet on the Niners, a plus 3.5, the first bet, that came in on this game was a money line play yesterday on the Rams at minus 165 for 165,000. Yep. So I'm sure Chris Andrews is a little bit uneasy that uh, he could get middled on those two bets if the uh, Rams win by three or less. Uh, but Chris is a smart bookmaker who will put himself in a good position on that game uh, by Sunday. But there you see it right there. Jimmy Vaccaro tweeted out the ticket Rams minus 165, 165,000 to win 100,000. And the other bet on the Niners. 
that showed up today at plus three and a half for 220k. Uh, which bet do you like better? <clears throat> Rams plus, or excuse me, um, the Rams money line at minus one sixty. You would lay that price one sixty five. The more I have kind of, and I still have plenty of time to get into this matchup. The more I'm digging my heels in, I think the Rams are in a pretty good spot here against the San Francisco 49ers. And I agreed with the number of four. Like, I thought that was going to be the open. It's where it opened. And, of course, the market getting all over the place. And the fact that you're at, like, minus 180 right now, obviously, the price is a pretty good one right now. Yeah, 165 when the guy put it in the bet yesterday or whoever put it in the bet. And uh, now up to 180. But the the point spread down from uh, an opener of four and three and a half here at the south point down to three. Uh, How about this? Actually, there was uh, I got I got the wrong tweet in front of me, but um, the officiating crew that's assigned to this game does not favor home teams. By the way, and I was going to ask you if if you care about something like that. Uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, here it is: the Niners Rams NFC title game has drawn referee Carl Sheffers and an all-star crew. The Sheffers crew assessed the most penalties in the NFL this season. Good. The Rams are two and four. With Sheffers, the Niners, 9-8, nine and eight, that's all time. The Sheffers crew was the hardest of the NFL's 17 crews on home teams in 2021. Do you care or don't care at all? Uh, I don't. No, I don't really <laughs> care either. I mean, it's <clears throat> because you're, if you're implying that there's actually something with home teams, then you're implying that Sheffers and his crew at some point come out there and be like, all right, these home team, this, <laughs> this home team, you got to be up to our standards here. All right, you're playing at home. you got to be playing better football. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, though, that they ranked as the hardest of the NFL 17 crews on the home teams. But yeah. it's not something that I would take into account my handicapping either. It could be just a random uh, happening. Uh, Rick Gosselin tweeted uh, this out as well. And Rick has covered the NFL for uh, decades. He said the uh, – and I, I appreciate this, too. The Bills-Chiefs game was one of the best the NFL you will ever see, counting – the playoffs of the 281 games played in the NFL this season, that game had the fourth fewest penalties called, yeah. four. And the Hussey officiating crew let the players play, and we were rewarded with a great football game. And I've said that all along, call fewer penalties. We don't, we don't need to see the officials involved in every other play. Uh, I know John Murray at the Westgate Superbook calls it rough ball, and it's a rough show. And unfortunately, that's what it becomes too often. I would like to – and we're talking about an officiating crew – here in the uh, Niners-Rams game that assessed the most penalties in the NFL this season. Mm -hmm. I didn't like to see that. It looks like we could see a flagged-filled NFC title game. I'd just like to see fewer penalties in general. Yes, as long as it's not Jerome Boger's crew uh, who officiated that that Spangles and Raiders game, um, which was one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And and that seemed like a game where the officials were stepping in every every other play. Oh, they were. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You need the officials to be invisible, and it's, it's... much better football game, much better product, if that's the case. Unfortunately, the NFL is taking a turn in the other direction. Right, and as we talk about, like, officiating trends, like, I'm not really a big fan of those. Um, like, I guess maybe when you get down to, like, baseball, for example, because guys have certain strike zones or anything like that. No you know? doubt about it. Couldn't but, agree more. That, those right. are the things that matter the most in handicapping the umpires who yep. might have a, a different strike zone or a wider strike zone or a tighter strike zone, things like that. But if you're going to tell me officiating crew and home teams are 7-0 and to the over when this team, <laughs> like, okay, relax. No, it, it's a small sample size coincidence for the most part that you've seen there. Right. Uh, but. With that again, so you're down to three here at the South Point, and the question becomes uh, how much further, if at all, does it get? I would say probably not at all. I think three is probably the bottom out here, right? Because if you are any shop, like 
the South Point, for example, who doesn't alter the juice. Once you get under that three mark, you'll probably uh, get hit pretty hard on mm-hmm. the minus two and a half there for the Los Angeles Rams. So three is probably where we'll get. And uh, to note the market as a whole, uh, it's three and a half across the board, but it is heavily shaded uh, to the underdog side. And there's actually one shot, I think, of Caesars William Hill that is at three themselves, but they're at minus three, minus 125. So this is going to get to three. And it's probably going to get to three minus one ten pretty much everywhere. You just got to sit it down and wait if you don't have access to the South Point if you want to wager here. Yeah, right here at the South Point, like you said, it's uh, minus three, and Chris Andrews is taking a big bet of two hundred twenty thousand dollars on Niners plus three and a half. So certainly he does not want to go to Rams minus two and a half. No, and he's always stated too, right? If they get a little lopsided, he can flash to two and a half pretty quick, get the money back, and then go right back to three. So you are exposing yourself to no. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's I think you know if you're in a situation where you feel like you need to balance it, but that probably won't happen all right so nfc championship game uh, the update really quickly on the afc championship game not much as we talked about it's going to sit at seven pretty much all week and that's been the case uh, only difference is a couple of shops at the altar juice to one side or the other stations golden nugget out here in nevada sitting at seven minus 115 to the favorites circa sitting at seven minus 115 to the underdog human so nothing to report here no new news just the fact that hey you're still at seven here at the south point of minus 110 you're at seven pretty much everywhere else yeah i talked to johnny avello DraftKings sportsbook director yesterday and he said he has no doubt in his mind the Chiefs are going to be the hot team with the betting public this week. I think the question I don't know the answer to is will the Bengals be a sharp side or not with the under with a, with a, a sharp dog with uh, the underdog players? Yeah, the sharp players. I, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. I I haven't heard much buzz about the Bengals and taking the points. Now, if you go to seven and a half, it's a different story. But at seven right now, I don't think you're getting uh, much play. On the Bengals, and if you do like the dog, you should be sitting back waiting, waiting for the seven and a half. Or you go to Bet MGM, which I think still has the only seven and a half in the market. And this morning at Bet MGM in Nevada, that seven and a half was there. Oh, if you want buzz, I got buzz for you. Okay, because the, the Kansas City Chiefs are a defense that is not fixed, my friend. 36 points mm-hmm. regulation to the Buffalo Bills, 6.7 yards per play for Buffalo on nine drives. They totaled. 422 yards, eight yards per pass through the air, four of four on fourth down. That defense is fixed. The same defense that got gouged by this offense, right, in the second half mm-hmm. of their regular season matchup of Week 17. There's buzz. There's buzz right here on this side of the desk. Well, there's going to be a buzz around Joe Burrow in this game, too, yep. and that's going to come from the Chiefs' defensive front, and hopefully the Bengals' offensive line for Cincinnati's perspective can keep that pressure off of Burrow. He was sacked nine times. He was dropped two other times, and Saxon didn't count in that game. So yeah. he was dropped 11 times in that game. You can't allow that type of pressure on your quarterback. And that's him, and too, by the to way. Survive. But it's also yeah. partly on Burrow as well. And that's one thing about Josh Allen, I think, that made him so effective against the KC defense is he can get outside the pocket and get away from pressure. Think about that fourth down. He converted on the run yeah. where he got outside the pocket and eluded uh, two defenders. Now, Joe Burrow's not that elusive. And that's one thing that made Josh Allen more effective against the Chiefs. Yes, and that, that was part of that 17-play drive, and which he took Buffalo down himself yeah. pretty much. And that's a fair point because not only has the offensive line been still pretty poor for Joe Burrow, uh, but you're facing a front that blitzes a lot and can still pressure opposing quarterbacks. Top 10 in terms of pressure rate, the Kansas City Chiefs at this point. So, man, it's give or take, and we've talked about it. We'll have more on numbers throughout the week, but uh, Joe Burrow does love facing opponents who blitz quite a bit. But I just go back to the singular thing is don't think that Chiefs defense, the turnaround was somewhat real but not real enough that it's going to stop opposing offenses. Hey, hunt down a win with the football showdown series presented by Amazon prime videos, reacher 
play free fantasy football during the playoffs and fight for your share of $20,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Jack Reacher now to get in on the action. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And you don't have to get locked in combat to the death like Jack Reacher usually does. But, guys, we got to get that picture of Wes Reynolds fixed. All right? Get Jack Reacher up there, not Wes Reynolds. Kind of looks like him, right? Looks a lot like him, yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll have Wes Reynolds in 15 minutes on golf and college hoops. Yes, uh, we'll come back. Hey, we have a lot to get to in hoops, too, man. We had a terrible beat in the NBA. We got a really good college basketball card as well. It is the Edge here on VSID. This is the Edge on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed out on any part of our show or anything on the VCN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcn.com slash podcast. Get any part of our podcast network. Speed of the book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights, Josh Applebaum, Harvard Handicappers with me, myself, Jonathan Montsoble, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. All free and available now. vcn.com slash podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Among those long shots. Wes Reynolds. Well, it's actually called Short Shots, the podcast for Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. Should have known that. It's my fault. I apologize. Short Shots, also on there. So check that out. Wes Reynolds, host of Short Shots, will be with us in 15 minutes. College basketball last night, Matt Eubens. How about that thriller we got in double overtime? 94-91, Texas Tech. Actually looked like they were going to let go of the rope there. Like going into the second half, and that Kansas is going to start to pull away. Yep. Uh, but Tech defensively, a really solid team. Not the smoothest offense that you'll watch with your eyes, but they get it done. But ultimately, fall short in double overtime, ninety-four to ninety-one. But you got to give Tech credit. This is now a team that is seven-one against the spread in their last eight games. They have done a really good job and very undervalued, and they've gone toe-to-toe with some of the best teams in the country. Now. That's interesting. When Chris Beard, there was a talk last uh, summer about Chris Beard leaving Texas Tech for Texas. And I said, you know, I don't think he's going to leave this year. I know he's a, a Texas guy, and, he, he, you know, Longhorns be uh, one of his ideal jobs. But at the same time, he's got a tech team coming back that could be top ten in the nation. I did not think he would ditch this Red Raiders team. Well, he did right away. He couldn't yeah. wait to leave him. He left Lubbock. But, hey, it turns out that uh, Texas Tech's fine. Mark Adams, his top assistant, is doing a great job. Not much of a drop-off from Beard to Mark Adams. You watch this team, very impressed. Kind of feel bad for the Red Raiders. I think they deserved to win that game last night. Blew it at the end of regulation. Uh, but you got to close out games on the road. you got to do whatever it takes to close out games. And Tech didn't do it at the very end. And Kansas, O'Shea Ajabi mm-hmm. hit that big three. And uh, that was a clutch shot, That man. dude's awesome. Uh, he, had, he had a hell of a game. I think 37 points he finished with last night. So you have to give him credit for uh, pulling the Jayhawks out of the fire. That's back-to-back times. Now that Kansas looked like it was headed for certain defeat and has uh, pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Saturday at Kansas State and last night against Texas Tech at Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, Tech really, I thought, um, took a heartbreaking loss last night. But like you said, it also looked like it might get away. Mm-hmm. They were down, what, 10 or 12 yep. in the second half. And if you took the points, if you took seven and a half with Tech, you weren't feeling great about your bet at that point. Red Raiders roared back. And uh, should have closed out the game in the regulation. But Kansas sneaks out another win last night, 94-91 in double overtime. So, fortunately for you, 
Double yeah. OT is not where dogs go to die. Yeah. And this dog survived last night. Uh, after uh, after the day that was, that would have been a, a terrible way to go. And it's worth pointing out to the market, you know, we, it got to as high as eight during the day, uh-huh. right? Close seven and a half, but it's got as high as eight. But ultimately, Texas Tech uh, the entire way pretty much decide there. Uh, by the way, let me ask you this, because I was texting with Mitch Moss about this too. And as I've said, I'm kind of getting more into the nitty gritty of college hoops and handicapping and catching up on everything. I added Texas Tech 40 to 1 to win the NCAA tournament. Okay. I, I like this team a lot, man. Like, they check a lot of boxes. They have good individual scorers. They're, I've watched quite a few of their games over the last two weeks. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, you like what they roll out there in their scheme. I, their help defense is incredible most of the time. Like, I, I really like this team a lot. So I thought 40 to 1, given that this is a top 25 team in the country and I think they're going to be uber competitive, I figured that was worth adding to the portfolio. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. If uh, Texas got what it takes to get to a Final Four, but a team that plays defense like that, if the draw, yeah. if the draw breaks the right way, anything could happen. As far as that goes, I did not bet Tech on the futures this year, and part of the reason is that I wasn't sure what, how Mark Adams was going to be able to, as a head coach, replacing yeah. Chris Beard, who's uh, one of my favorite coaches in college hoops. I've got a lot of faith in Chris Beard, probably too much because I've been burned betting Texas a couple times this year. That team is underachieved, and. Texas Tech has, uh, I think, surpassed expectations. But, yeah, I'm not going to quibble with that futures bet of 40-1. to Uh, Tech, I've said many times now, I think there's 20 teams, at least probably 20 teams that could win the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that's not BS. And a lot of times you say, well, it's wide open. And it's not really wide open. There's only seven or eight teams that could win it. That's not wide open. I think this is wide open. Look at how many different teams we've had at ranked number one already. And – Texas Tech is one of the 20 teams that could win it. So, uh, Also, it, just, it wasn't a deep slate yesterday, but there were some pretty good games uh, that were on the card before we move on to today. I know that one that we didn't get to talk to about yesterday, but uh, North Carolina eventually pulling away from Virginia Tech. I know that was on your uh, radar. We didn't get to touch on it yesterday. They ended up winning 78-68. to 68. I wondered uh, how Carolina was going to bounce back from that embarrassing loss yeah. over the weekend. This Carolina team's playing no defense. Hubert Davis in his first year as coach. Um, I think has shown some of the worst traits that Roy Williams had as coach, and that's uh, not teaching anything on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, and that's why I wondered about Mark Adams when he took over, how good he was going to be. Our, Mark Adams has been great. Hubert Davis, a little disappointing. Carolina's had a couple of really embarrassing losses, but they bounced back. Tar Heels get the win by 10 last night as five-point favorites. Yes, and then uh, last but not least, uh, San Diego State. After averaging 0.6 points per possession against Boise State in the worst college basketball game in the history of uh, mankind, come out against UNLV. Absolutely rocked the Rebels last night. Uh, 111, their offensive rating. They end up winning that game, running away with it, not even close, 80-55. to 55. So that was a pretty interesting result. To yeah, not that surprised. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about this yesterday. The angry Aztecs off that embarrassing game on Saturday night when they were uh, were held to 37 points. I thought there was a good chance they were going to bounce back. I did not think they'd win the game by 25 and put up 80 last night. But that's an indictment of the Rebels right now. They can't beat a good team. UNLV beats the bad teams, can't beat the good teams. And uh, even though I like the hiring of Kevin Kruger as coach, he's got a long, long way to go to be a good coach. Now, I know we're going to talk about this at Best Bets too, but um, this is one of the games for today that is definitely worth uh, spending some time on. Top 25 match between Illinois and Michigan State. And the question here is Illinois is a four and a half point favorite. Uh, Kobe Coburn and his status, whether or not he's, I think he's going to play. play. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, intel I have here, which has been pretty good on the Illini program recently, is that Kofi Coburn is going to suit up and play tonight. On uh, Curbelo, the guard, is not going to play. He's sick. He was ill. He missed practice. 
uh, the past couple days. So Corbello's not going to be out there, but it looks like Kofi Coburn is going to play. I took five and a half with Michigan State in this game. And uh, let me double check if I got five or five and a half. I don't want to lie about that. But um, I, I thought you got seven and a half. No, uh. no. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> double check. I got five and a half last night. Yeah. So you're hammering those penny <laughs> openers, you know? No, uh, last night it was five and a half, and I thought, well, if Coburn doesn't play, that's a really good number on this game. So I'm going to go ahead and take it, and you know maybe I can get off the game if I don't like to bet tomorrow. I, I'm just going to stick with the five and a half. You're seeing four and a half in a lot of spots on the screen, four and a half and five. With, Cor- with Corbello out, that's going to hurt some of the explosiveness of the Illini offense. Uh, I still think Michigan State is a decent bet no matter what, even if Corbello and um, Coburn played. The Spartans last week took it to uh, Illinois. Excuse me, took it to uh, Wisconsin on the road, winning by um, winning by 12. That was one of the more impressive wins mm-hmm. of the Big Ten season so far. Uh, Michigan State was off a, a stunning home loss at Northwestern when Pete Nance, the Purple Cats' leading scorer, did not play. How do you explain that? Uh, Spartans lose to Northwestern in East Lansing. Then they go to uh, Madison and take down the Badgers uh, by double digits and really led that game wire to wire. So, you know, a team that's proven it can win a big game on the road, I like here, so I took five and a half with the Spartans. Yeah, and uh, really quickly, this is just worth pointing out, and it hasn't really moved a lot, uh, but I'm really interested to see what Texas has uh, in store for TCU if they have anything. This is a Texas team that has not been very good to betters uh, recently. It's been some over the really week. T- How about the game over the weekend? Yep. Yeah, Saturday, yeah. I laid, uh, I know seven and a half was the opener. I laid eight with Texas against Oklahoma State. That was a great spot for the Longhorns after they blew the previous game to uh, Kansas State. Yep. Lost that 66-65. to 65. You think, well, Chris Beard's going to get these guys uh, to bounce back. No. I mean, he they didn't. got off to an 11-0 start, and you thought, yeah. here they go. They're going to start to run this team out. No, not the case. You know, that line inflated to 10. Yep. It closed 10, and Texas uh, gave up that big lead and barely won the game. So I stayed away from this game tonight. In Fort Worth, uh, TCU's been surprisingly good. The Horned Frogs off a big win at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And news for anybody out there wondering, uh, Ty Ty Washington is not going to play for Kentucky. Of course, they lost the point guard over the weekend to Auburn with a was it an ankle injury? Whatever the injury was. Right. Uh, Kentucky, a nine-point favorite with a total of 142. He's not going to be available against Mississippi State. And a low-key big night in the Mountain West tonight. Because you have Wyoming taking on Boise State in a battle of conference undefeateds. And then you get Colorado State taking on Nevada, a battle between two teams who were thought to be contenders for the conference crown, too. So these are two really big games in the Mountain West tonight. Yeah, I think Nevada's been disappointing. Colorado State is, uh, I would be really surprised if the Rams don't roll in that game tonight. Yeah, eight and a half point favorite. Nevada's kind of a one man offensive team with Grant Shurfield. Uh, as far as the other game, we'll talk about that in best bets, but I think. Uh, Wyoming-Boise is going to be a really good one tonight in the Mountain West. And uh, the best game we don't have time to talk about now. We'll do it later in the show. But Arizona at UCLA, 8 o'clock tip on the West Coast tonight for Poly Pavilion, where UCLA will have fans at home games for the first time since early December. If you like hoops, tonight is going to be a great night because college basketball schedule is uh, incredible. The NBA card is really good, too. Uh, When we come back, we'll expand more on the college basketball schedule with Wes Reynolds uh, before we get into the golf tournament this week. It starts a day early, so we're going to have Wes on day early to discuss what he likes this coming weekend in the PGA Tour. It's the Edge here of Vsin, And also, don't forget, we got to recap it, although it's painful. One of the worst bets, uh, beats of the year. Chicago and Oklahoma City last night in the association. It made the list for nothing but agony. This 
is The Edge on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, it's time to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is a big part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vcin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast, the biggest game of the year. So make plans now to join the vcin betting experts before, during, and after the action on vcin.com. One of those betting experts is Wes Reynolds, JBT. Wes Reynolds, you can follow him on Twitter at WestReynolds1. Wes, it's always good to talk to you, buddy. Uh, let us get started with the golf tournament this weekend before we get to uh, what we're going to have on College Hoops later tonight. But the Farmers Insurance Open um, right now at the top of the list in some spots, John Rahm, 6-1, to one, followed by Justin Thomas and uh, Xander Schauffele on the big board. My guy Matz is up there too. Uh, but give us the uh, down low on the course that we're going to see here for the Farmers Insurance Open 2022, sir. Yeah, good to be with you guys. And you're going to see two courses, but the north course is only going to be one round. That's the Tom Weiskopf design. Only about a little bit over 7,200 yards. So the north course, the much easier course than the south course, which is going to play just a little bit under 7,800 yards. This is actually the longest course annually on the PGA Tour. So, uh, you know, a lot tougher course, obviously, driving distance, strokes gained off the tee, something you're going to want to look at this week because I think when you're just giving up that much length on this type of course at Torrey Pines, it's definitely going to favor the big hitters. All right, Wes, and this tournament's been moved up today, Wednesday through Saturday, to uh, avoid conflict with the NFL schedule this weekend. I don't think that changes your handicapping of this event at all, does it? Not really. No. I, I think you just got to look at the fact that everybody gets one round on the south, everybody gets one round on the north. You should, you know, you want to take advantage of that north course and obviously score a little bit lower. Plays almost two strokes easier than the south course. So, no, it really doesn't change anything, but uh, arguably the strongest field of the season we've seen so far. All right. Follow him at West Reynolds 1. And uh, Wes. You did the write-up on this tournament for Point Spread Weekly. He's going to be out tomorrow. Xander Shoffley is one of the guys you like, and that-- surprised me a little bit. I didn't think you would take the 16 to one bait on uh, Shoffley, but you've got some long shots you like too. Go ahead and give us a rundown of some of the players you like on the futures board and uh, a couple matchups. Yeah, and it was just kind of a gut thing on Shoffley because this is a small price. I'd like to see him more in the 20 to 25 to 1 range. But this is a guy still trying to get a win on the PGA Tour. He won the gold medal in Tokyo last summer, but has not won a PGA Tour event since 20. Uh, uh, 19 really are, are at the uh, uh, Century Tournament of Champions, but I think he kind of finally figured out Tory Pines. We know Xander is from San Diego, and he had missed I think like four or five cuts, but he was T2 here last year, was T7 in the U.S. Open, so I think he's kind of figured it out. Hopefully another guy that maybe has figured it out, even though he's missed two cuts and two appearances here, is Bryson DeChambeau, who added this event once he withdrew from the Sony with the wrist injury, and he's got some scar tissue, as we know, Matt, you were out there for that U.S. Open at Torrey Pines and saw that meltdown first uh, hand. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, he's coming back, I think, trying to settle some scores with this course. You would think this would be a really good course for him because he's the longest off the tee. Nobody has better numbers in driving distance gain, strokes gained off the tee than DeChambeau, but he hasn't gotten it going. But I think he should fit here. He's a very good putter on Poa Greens, which, of course, he's going to see at Torrey Pines. Uh, Tony Finau has been very widely tipped. I bet at 30 to 1, but by the time I wrote the column, he was down anywhere as low as 22, 25 to 1 on average. Finishes the last five years here, fourth, sixth, 13th, sixth, and second. Always plays well on the West Coast swing. Natural fader off the tee. So Tony Finau, I think, fits here. And then the longer guys, uh, Sunjay M, 33 to 1, has made the cut here on all four appearances. Uh, been very good at Augusta and at Bay Hill, which correlate here to Torrey Pines. And then the long bomb guys, Max Homa, California kid, 70 to 1, is one at Riviera, is one at Silverado. Good putter on Poa. And then two former winners and two over 40 somethings, Justin Rose, 80 to 1, and Brant Snedeker, a former winner here twice at 100 to 1. All right, Wes. Um, All right. Jeff Sherman at the Westgate Superbook told me yesterday he bet Maverick McNeely at 75 to 1. He's going to play McNeely, I think, pretty consistently. He's, he believes he's going to win and cash it at, at a big number at some point this season. I know you played McNeely in a matchup uh, this week. And also Dave Koken, smoking Koken, our buddy, uh, like Sam Burns. That's his pick here. You're playing against Sam Burns with Bryson in a matchup, right? Yeah, I, I like Bryson just kind of fit all the metrics that I look at, Matt. Poa putting, also the uh, strokes gain off the tee, driving distance gained. And then what Jeff said about McNeely is true. McNeely, one of the better putters on tour, so I think he should fare well on these Poa greens. And plus, uh, you're going to have to go low on the par fours. A lot of the par fours are 450 to 500 yards. I think there's six of them on the south course. And just ahead of him is John Rahm. He's number one in the field for that category, but number two is Maverick McNeely. All right, that's the Farmers Insurance Open. Tease off Wednesday. Get your bets in tonight. And uh, that's a Tory Pines over the weekend. JVT, I'm going to go down there for Saturday's round. Nice. Uh, I bought tickets for Saturday thinking I had tickets to the third round. And it turns out even better. I got tickets to the final round. Uh, that's been moved up a day. This is one of my favorite tournaments. Wes, I know you like to handicap the West Coast swing, too. That's usually where I have the most luck. Betting um, uh, golf is early in the season. Hawaii, California, Arizona. And uh, next week we've got, I believe we've got Pebble Beach next week, right? Yeah, we do. And then we're going to have Phoenix shortly thereafter. Mm -hmm. And then Riviera for the Genesis. So a lot of really good events and a lot of really good fields coming up. All right, let's talk college hoops. All right, Wes, uh, big board here today, so I'll let you take the wheel and take us to the first game that you got. I think you what you got two games on your card for tonight so far, right? Yeah, I did play one, and the first one you kind of got to hold your nose a little bit, even though it's gotten hit down to 13 and even 12 and a half. I took 13 and a half with the Missouri Tigers, fading the newly minted number one team in the country. That would be the Auburn Tigers. Uh, first time ever Auburn has been number one in college basketball. And if you watch that game on Saturday where Kentucky was up on them, and then Auburn made a run in the second half, eventually put a very good Kentucky team away. Auburn looked looked like they knew they were about to be number one because you saw the players get up on the table. 
take the jerseys off, flexing like they're in the Mr. Olympia contest. And, you know, I think that they were feeling themselves a little bit. And now you got a Mizzou team that's been kind of, you know, shaky, obviously eight and 10, but have had some good efforts lately. They did beat Alabama a couple weeks ago. They won big at Ole Miss and actually had Alabama in the rematch down on the road by 14 before it kind of got away from them late. So Mizzou's got some size down low that I think can compete with Auburn a little bit because that's why I think Auburn's been so good is because Pearl always likes to run that press where they gamble for steals. Well, this time they have shot blockers they can funnel them into if they, you know, get beaten transition. You got Walker Kessler, you got Jabari Smith, who's going to be a top five lottery pick likely in this summer's NBA draft. But I don't know. I think Auburn, this is a little bit of a shaky spot for these guys going on the road. So I took the chance with the Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers. Tigers The Tigers took down Alabama. Yep, uh, up there early in the season, and those teams had a rematch over the weekend, and the Tigers gave Alabama all they could handle one more time. Well, and let's also, because Wes mentioned the result over the weekend, uh, the comeback started when Ty Ty Washington goes down with an injury, and uh, you lose yep. another point guard injury, too. So uh, sure. Auburn down, and then, of course, gets to pick apart a, a really shorthanded backcourt uh, for Kentucky on Saturday. All right, uh, Wes, with that, what's the other game on your card for college hoops? Yeah, I took Buffalo plus four and a half in Toledo. And really, this is not another situational type deal because Toledo went on the road on Friday night to face Ohio and absolutely uh, killed a very solid Ohio team coached by Jeff Bowles, 87-69. That was a payback spot for Toledo because Toledo was the best team in the MAC last year where they won the conference by like three games and Ohio knocked them out in the MAC tournament, and Ohio ended up getting the automatic bid, but beat them 87 to 69. Now you're getting a Buffalo team coming in that's all of a sudden won four in a row. Jim Weitzel, and we mentioned Alabama, now coached by Nate Oates. He was the former coach up there at Buffalo. Jim Weitzel's really playing the same way. They're 24th in tempo. They like to go immediately to the rim and get up and down the floor, but Toledo's kind of playing that way a little bit, too, not relying on as much motion in terms of the outside even though this is a team that hits a three very well 36 percent as a team but I like Buffalo just in the situation here maybe Toledo put a ton of of effort into that uh, game at Ohio so I think Buffalo can get them on the road here numbers dropped a little bit it opened five and a half now seeing some four and a halves in the market Wes gives a 30 second handicap on uh, tonight's Michigan State Illinois game in the Big Ten with the Illini now four and a half point favorites Well, Matt, I know you're on the Spartans, and I agree with you. And I think it's priced in now that Kofi Coburn may not go with that concussion. Without him on Friday, they were absolutely lost at Maryland, and they fouled a ton, put the Terps on the line. I think maybe they do the same thing with Sparty. Total has dropped here, but I think I may come in on the over on the dip at 141.5. All right, at West Reynolds 1. He can break down uh, classic rock, TV shows, movies. Mac basketball, golf, he can do it all. All right, West. Good to talk to you, bud. Thanks for the time. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, you got it. All right. We got a lot to get to. By the way, Mm -hmm. um, it does, let's see. Okay, still officially TBD with uh, Kofi Coburn out there. I think he's going to play, but like I said, Corbello's the guards out for Illinois tonight. Uh, That's going to be a good one in the Big Ten. We're not done with college hoops by a long shot. We haven't touched on it yet. We saved the best for last because we have a pretty big showdown in the Pac-12 later tonight.
This is The Edge on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. Best Bets brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. I'm a coffee guy. I'd go with the coffee flavor, personally. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen America. So head on over to Zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. As is wagering on the NBA, even though it punishes me. <laughs> even though I, 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 look, it's like a bad relationship, ready to get hurt every single night yet again. Last night, oh, dear Lord. What a result, huh? Takes years off your life, oh. which is why I quit doing it on a nightly basis. Now, there are people, and you've, you've had a strong season. Aaron Rennings, another guy who can do it uh, consistently. I got a text from a handicapper. I've been telling him for five years, stop handicapping the NBA because he puts up a losing record year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And he complains to me about it. I said, stop doing it. You know, because uh, obviously everybody's stubborn and they think, well, this is a season I can beat the Break NBA. The I've, I've got this figured out. The text today says, I finally took your advice from a long time ago. No more NBA until the playoffs. Like it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what he said. When I like, actually, and I like betting the, the postseason because, like, series, I've said this many times. I love times. the NBA playoffs. Well, and for me, yeah. it's because you can bet series. And for me, it's about large sample size of the data over the course of a mm-hmm. best of seven. I can bet a series because I can. Res- I, I rely on those numbers and think that a team is going to win those games out more yeah. often than not, whatever right. it is. Uh, but betting regular season NBA, you get results like last night where the Chicago Bulls, uh, and this was interesting because they were one and a half point favorite pretty much all day. DeMar's, DeMar DeRozan's ruled out because of rest, but they get – Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, Javante Green back in the lineup, regardless, mm-hmm. closes in the range of one pick or one the other direction. But last night, the Bulls, they open up a 10-point lead at halftime. They're comfortable. They get up by 27 points late in the third quarter <laughs> over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, game Look, over, right? It looks like yeah. they're cruising. looks like they're cruising. I switch it. This was the issue. It's my fault. I switch it from the main screen to the secondary screen, and I'm like, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. And the deficit continues to shrink and continues to shrink. Uh-huh. Here's what's getting lost in all of this, though, because the result at the end was they're up by four with one second left. The Thunder, for some reason, call a timeout so they can draw up a play. Wait, with one second left? With one second left down by four. I knew that. I just wanted to rub yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah, right. But here's the thing that's not getting talked about. They believe it was Javante <laughs> Green, who's at the free throw line prior, who hit, who missed, split his two free throws. Of course. He drains it. Drains the second. And then, uh, sure enough, uh, right, they don't even guard Mike Pascal. He's at the top of the key. Easy as easy can be. Drains it. Bulls, who are up by 28 at one point, win by one point and don't cover. So, NBA, of course, I'm not taking a break. Let's do this. Two plays today, uh, got the best of the market in one and the other, it kind of the best of the number. I think there's still a three and a half floating out there. Uh, but Nuggets minus six and a half against the Pistons. This is the second matchup of these two teams. They met uh, Saturday or Sunday. But regardless, it's a pretty big swing, right? You know, when you're talking about the Nuggets at home, laying in the range of about 12 points, humans, and then coming back here and opening up as a six and a half point favorite on the road against the Pistons, it's, it's, it's pretty strong 
to make that when you're talking about home court being worldly worth two points, which is what it's calculated out to be, six points swing is strong. Should be more like four. The market's headed in that direction. This is seven and a half. They have no answer the Pistons do for the Nuggets in terms of Nikola Jokic. And if you look at some of the shot quality that they've given up, last four games defensively have been pretty poor for the Nuggets. But actually, if you actually get a league average of shooting on those quality of shots they've given up, mm-hmm. still a really good defensive team. So a little less uh, shooting from the Pistons, a little more turnovers, and the Nuggets should be able to get things done tonight. Got the best of the number. That's seven and a half. And the Nets plus three and a half against the Lakers. Look, Anthony Davis comes back tonight, but it's been 17 games since he last played. Market tends to overvalue guys coming back, especially oh, yeah. after long stretches. I also think the markets – look, I don't know if this Lakers team should be favored over really anybody on the road. They were favored by five over the Magic the other day, and they were down in the first half before coming stormy back. The Nets aren't that bad with James Harden and Patty Mills in that backcourt. Offensively, still have a really good rating, uh, plus 5.5 and 100 pos- per 100 possessions with those two as their starting backcourt. So I'm going to play in the market overreacting here a little bit. Give me three and a half with the Nets tonight. So Nuggets minus six and a half. Nets plus three and a half. All right, what do you got in college hoops? Oh, you and I share this, and so we can we can share the analysis too here. But Texas Tech was the winner last night, plus seven. Uh, Wyoming though, plus five here against Boise State. So one of the things, and we've talked about this before, and this is one of my issues in the NBA. I don't use it as much, but college hoops is a lot of these are about spots, right? Like especially if you're coming off of a grueling contest like Boise State did Saturday night, mm. playing at San Diego State, getting that nasty win, forty-two to thirty-seven, then coming back to play a Wyoming team that was clearly looking past New Mexico go over the weekend sure. to, to Boise State on Tuesday. But this is a really good Wyoming team, man. What they've been able to do on both ends of the floor, they shoot the ball quite a bit in terms of volume of attempts from beyond the arc. I think they're going to be pretty live here catching five against Boise State. I like everything that they have to offer, and I think that this is going to be a game where defensively I want more out of them, but offensively I think they'll be able to stick around with uh, Boise State. Tonight. I do too. Cowboys, very good offensive team. Um, a winner for me last night was St. John's. Aaron Wheeler, the Purdue transfer, big game for the Johnnies, plus seven and a half. They won by 20. Uh, so uh, we'll try to keep the uh, winning trend going here today. I'm with you on Wyoming, plus five over Boise State. The Cowboys are 15 and two. Yep. Only losses at Arizona and Stanford. And uh, over the weekend, beat New Mexico 93 to 91. And uh, I actually am going to play the Lobos off that performance, because I think uh, New Mexico has shown some positive signs here. Those, the Lobos are 0-6 in the Mountain West, but uh, off a, um, a pretty good road trip, they lost by six at Colorado State, and that two-point loss at Wyoming, they were double-digit dogs in both, both games. Jamal Masburn Jr. has uh, heated up. He had a big game up in Laramie. Uh, so I'm going to take two dogs in the Mountain West tonight, New Mexico plus five at the pit in Albuquerque, and Wyoming plus five. In Boise, like you said, the uh, Broncos off that mud wrestling match against San Diego State, 42-37 over the weekend. And uh, I, like the, I like the Cowboys' offense firepower a lot more than I like the Broncos. Um, I think you got two live dogs in the Mountain West tonight. And I've already talked about Michigan State, Illinois, and uh, talked about that with Mitch and Paul this morning. Took five and a half of the Spartans. Let's move on to golf. Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, five plays on the futures board. Quick analysis. Scotty Scheffler still seeking his first PGA Tour win. He's going to get one pretty soon. Uh, 25 to 1 is the price here. When I was at the U.S. Open in June walking around Torrey Pines, I was really impressed by the way Scheffler was playing in that tournament. He tied for seventh. He can play well at Torrey Pines. He opened with a 65 last year uh, in this tournament. Sam Burns, 25 to 1 as well. Uh, Sam Burns is in the final group at the Farmers last year. Uh, he ranks highly in driving distance and accuracy, which is going to be important 
uh, categories this week for any player. It's a long course at Torrey Pines. Sam Burns has got a pretty good current form as well. Will Zalatoris, 35 to 1. Not one of my favorite players, but the kid's really talented. I don't bet him much. Uh, he was eight under, tied for seventh last year, 19 under last week, so he's got the current form going for him. Zalatoris, I think, is going to win again soon. Ryan Palmer's got all the course statistics two runner up finishes and six starts at Torrey Pines. He's gained 2.27 strokes per round at Torrey Pines. Only John Rahm has better numbers. And uh, Ryan Palmer fits the profile of a guy who's going to be on the leaderboard this weekend. He's at 90 to 1. And as Wes Reynolds talked about, these are Poana Greens. One of the best, if not the best, Poana putter out there is uh, Patrick Rogers. 125 to 1 at Circa. Took a small shot on him. And uh, one matchup, Wes Reynolds says he likes Xander Shoffley. Mm -hmm. I'm not playing Shoffley in the futures this week. The price is just not right at around 16 to 1. But I will play Shoffley plus 110 over Justin Thomas, who's not playing great golf uh, lately. And this is Shoffley's home course, de facto home course. So let's go Shoffley at plus money over JT. All right, last two minutes really quickly before we get out of here. The game of the night, yep. college hoops. Arizona up to a three-point favorite, totals down to as low as 149. This opened up two in favor of the Wildcats and a total of 152. Uh, so what do you expect here between these two programs? A hell of a game. Uh, right. Well, it's going to be a great game. And you look, <laughs> you, you look at this, you're talking about the eighth-best overall offense against the 21st-ranked defense. You're talking about a top-20 offense versus a top-10 defense on the other end, too. Mm -hmm. uh, this, uh, statistically, is one of the best matchups. You know, Arizona, the respect, though, it's – it's pretty surprising to see him, I think, at least up to three on the road against UCLA. Yeah, price, I'm priced out. I can't right? do it. I love this Wildcats team. This is the last college basketball future I bet was Arizona 30-1 to 1 in early December. But I can't do it here. And I, I still don't know if uh, Azulis Tabellis, the 6'11 forward, is going to play for the Cats tonight. Uh, it looks like he might go. I don't have confirmation on that. Uh, but that's, a, that's an important factor for me if I'm going to play – Arizona. I'll probably end up live betting the game to see how see how it's going in the first ten minutes or so. Uh, Johnny Juzang has done a lot to carry this UCLA offense recently. I don't like the way point guard Tiger Campbell is playing. JVT, if you made this Arizona minus one, I'd probably play it. I, I was hoping for Arizona minus one. Pick him. Obviously, couldn't get it. Arizona opened two and a half point favorite. The status of uh, Tubelis is going to keep me off the game pregame. But if you look at Arizona. Number one in the net ranking, number two in scoring offense, 88.7 points per game. Number one in scoring margin. There's a lot of things to be impressed about by Arizona, but this is going to be a tough spot tonight, especially if Tabellas can't play. So no bet for me right From now. Brian Jeffries, play-by-play -play voice of Arizona, very quickly. Um, practice uh, game tonight says uh, that it looks like Tabellas uh, on track to play tonight for Arizona. So either way, massive card, both professionally and, of course, in the college ranks. My guys in the desert coming up next.